This program contains material that is to be used as a reference tool only. The content of this program may not contain materials or ideas suitable for all scenarios or in all states. Opinions provided on this program are those of the program participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of American National Group Incorporated or its subsidiaries. This is On Air with Education and Development. I'm your host, Christina Lashmet, and with me today is my lovely co-host, Abby Horn. Abby, how are you? I'm doing great, Christina. Did you uh, dig the uh, very on-brand seasonal theme music for today? I was feeling it. I am ready for the holidays. Right? Just gearing, gearing us up every opportunity we have. And um, speaking of opportunities, our guest today has a very on-time message about resilience and changing strategy. I think that that sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, with all the recent changes that we're seeing, I think her story can hopefully influence some of our listeners because she's been there and done that. And though her situation was a bit different, I think it's very relatable. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great message for today. Our guest today is Kelly Cathcart. Kelly is an agent in Cottonwood, Arizona. She currently sits on the Cottonwood Chamber of Commerce Board, along with the Board of Old Town Mission. Kelly supports and helps the Camp Verde FFA and 4-H clubs. She has qualified for annual conference and made career and president's club numerous times. She qualified for MDRT the last two years. Kelly is a previous winner of the top producing ag commercial agent and sat on the Ag Commercial Field Council. Kelly, thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, so let's jump into this. This is always my favorite question. I, I love asking it just out the gate with all of our guests here. Have you always wanted to be an insurance agent or did you have other career aspirations when you were growing up? Insurance was the furthest thing from my mind. (laughs) (laughs) The way that I got here was I was actually a director for U.S. Department of Agriculture. And I also had a vegetable farm and I had called Farm Bureau to write my insurance. And when he was all done doing the interview, he says, why don't you become an agent and write your own insurance? And I said, oh, no, no. I, the last thing I need is another iron in the fire. I'm a director for Department of Ag. I have a vegetable farm. No, thank you. Well, for <laughs> about six months, he would call me once a week and ask me. And this was in 1995. And that's when the government was doing the RIF or reduction in force. And I didn't know if I was going to be one of those people, but I decided one day to just talk to him and see what it looked like. And wham, bam, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Man, he was pretty persistent. He was very persistent. It was every Monday he would call me and say, please become an agent. You'd be a great agent. Yeah, it took me six months to, to sit down with him and talk to him about being an agent. So what brought you to American National then? Well, in 2003, Farm Bureau had done some reorganization that didn't fit what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And American National had, I think, better products. So me and a bunch of other people came from Farm Bureau and joined American National in 2003. Awesome. So overall, how many years have you been an agent? I have been an agent 27 years. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so 27 years of being an agent, that's awesome. 
but obviously you've got a home life too, right? So what does your home life look like? You have family, pets, what are we looking at? It's my husband and myself. We don't we did not have children because we had so many nieces and nephews that we took care of. We have a ton of nieces and nephews. My younger brother, I was sixteen when he was born, so we're still really close. And of course I have a lot of animals. I have two mules, two dogs, and three cats. I like it. I've always wanted a mule actually. Yeah. Yeah. A miniature one though. <laughs> oh no, these are full size. Full size ones. <laughs> All right. Yep. So back to the insurance side of things, or just in life in general, do you have or did you have a mentor in your life? And if so, what is a valuable lesson that you've learned from them? You know, I did have a mentor. His name was Doug McMurray. He had been an agent with Farm Bureau for probably about 30 years. As a new agent, I think I was an agent maybe two weeks, and he was doing a school for new agents. And um, I was like a sponge. I was absorbing everything he said. At a break, I asked him, I said, do you think I am going to make it a good agent? Do you think I'll have a long career as an agent? And he said, absolutely. And I said, okay. He said, but there's a couple things you need to do. And one of his things that was, he said that every agent needs to do is in December of every year, plan your next year plan your vacation, plan your days off, plan the days you're going to work, really become a balanced person because you can engulf yourself into 24-7 work, but then your home life struggles. But if you don't work, your home life is going to struggle. So he said that the, the magic potion, so to speak, would be to have a balanced schedule. Plan it, be aware of it, and just do it. Because if you don't do it, it'll never get done. You know, work-life balance comes up quite a bit, actually, whenever we hear, you know, about mentors and and what they've shared and things that they've passed on. And and I personally, you know, one of my mentors gave me a a speech about work-life balance also and how if you can't balance it, you fail at both of them. Um, So I think that's really insightful. Exactly. That was his whole theory. To this day, I sit down in December and, and I start planning for the next year. Want to take your potential energy into kinetic energy? The professional seminar can help you move your career in high velocity. We are so happy to be back live and in person for the 2023 professional seminar at Moody Gardens in Galveston, Texas. To honor our time together, we will celebrate our chemistry as a group, the science of what we do and will continue to do. We will deliver an immersive experience that transitions through states and conditions of reconnecting with peers, a chemical bonding reset of perspectives to realize our mutually inclusive goals. This is one science experiment you do not want to miss. The Science Experiment Instruction for February 7th through 9th, 2023 includes three fun days of networking in the American National Molecular Structure, Motivational Value M times V squared, and Afternoons in the Lab reviewing topics under a microscope. We promise you a jewel of a time. This is not an event to miss. Get registered today. Let's really 
get down in the weeds here and talk about what you do and some of your practices. So we hear that you have a reputation for having a very balanced book of business. Tell us what led you to that practice compared to focusing, say, on like one or two lines of business. Well, I did it the hard way back in 2006 in the boom years, we call them, right before the crash. I concentrated mostly on contractors. My husband was a contractor. I was very secure and knowledgeable in that realm. And then the crash happened. And then Arizona became a construction defect state. So in about a six-month period of time, between the non-renewal due to a construction defect state and the crash, I lost about $1.2 million, $1.4 million of premium. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was it was a tough year. Yeah. So I scrambled and went to the next thing I knew, which was agriculture. I grew up on a ranch, knew ranching and farming very well. So at that point, I pivoted and then started really working with farmers and ranchers. The other thing that that we incorporated was cross-selling the book of business. So if we had a business bop for you, we went back and mined the book of business and picked up the personal line and the life insurance. That's what we did. It took us probably four or five years to dig out of that big a loss. That's a huge loss to take when your book, I lost 50% of my book of business. I just can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine going through something like that and being able to pick yourself up and readjust and figure out how to move forward that, you know, that's the whole resilience piece of it. Yeah, you don't, you know, at that point, I didn't think I had a choice. I have employees. I wanted to take care of them. And so we just picked up, pivoted, and moved on. It's kind of funny because when we lost so many contractors and then the contractors we kept, we had to take them to brokerage and this and that and the other. And one of my oldest clients, he just retired this last year. He'd been a client since 1996, and he was an electrician. We laugh about it because I didn't even know how to sell insurance when I wrote his insurance. (laughs) I was so new. I was like an agent for two months. He stuck with me through everything, and he's like, now I'm retiring, but you still have my home and auto and my life insurance. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. And then dare to say that we may have some listeners who might not know what the crash is. (laughs) Okay. Right. So, you know, this was, you know, let's educate our younger, our younger listeners. So this was in 2008, also known as the recession. Uh, It's known as a few things, crash, recession. That's that time that you're referring to, but that you, you know, it really harmed your book of business and also the whole construction defect situation in Arizona. Yes, it did. It devastated so many businesses because it's a trickle down effect. Yeah. It affected the contractors, obviously, equipment dealers, lumber yards, insurance agents, restaurants. It just in a small community where, like in Arizona, everything is so new here because there's so many people moving in. It, it just totally devastated the community. Yeah, so many financial hardships during that time because, you know, the big thing was real estate with a lot of the mortgages, but like you said, it trickled and it impacted a lot, a lot of people. Exactly. I feel very fortunate to come out of the recession or the crash. We did not lose any property. We didn't have to sell anything. 
we didn't make a lot of money, but on the flip side of that, we never lost anything either. So I feel very fortunate because a lot of my clients did lose houses and assets. Yeah, it was very trying times, no doubt about it. So we all laugh now. If you can live through the crash, you can live through anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even, even COVID. Right. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned cross-selling just moments ago. So what tips can you provide to another agent for cross-selling? You know, what's what's that secret that you have to, to make that happen and, and try to get more than one line from a single client? I have used this my whole entire career is when I sit down with the client for the first time, I tell them why I'm there. And my speech kind of goes something like this. I know we're here to quote your business insurance. I'll also want to quote your home, your auto, your personal lines. Look at your life insurance to make sure you don't have any gaps in coverage. I'm not trying to be greedy. I'm just trying to make sure that you have the best coverage possible. And if something or when something happens, you are fully covered. Honestly, in 27 years, I've never had anybody say no. I think it shows that you care. You know, like it's not coming from a greed standpoint, just, you know, hearing you say what you say and in the tone that you say it, it it sounds like if I were your customer that it's coming from a caring standpoint, which that's probably your legitimate standpoint you're coming from is you, you care about this person. Exactly. And I'll use yesterday for an example. I do their home, their auto, their life insurance, their business insurance. He's just turning 65 and he brought his life insurance in for me to look at. And due to some health reasons, I told him, you're better off staying where you are with your life insurance. And he just looked at me like I had three heads and he's like, I've never (laughs) had somebody tell me that. And I said, well, I told you from day one, I would be honest with you. And the honest thing is to keep what you have because of a situation that you are in a health situation. And he says, well, I really appreciate that. And I was like, yeah, I I told you I'd do the best job I could possibly could for you. So yeah, love that. And then, you know, that person's going to go tell their friends or business partners. And that's how you keep getting folks coming through the door is building that trust with your current clients or potential current clients. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely shifts the the perception Um, and, and not in a manipulative way, but it allows them to, you know, feel valued as um, a partnership with you whenever you're discussing their options and things like that. Let's talk discounts. Time to highlight our vendor of the month. This month's vendor is T-Mobile. Our partnership with T-Mobile features a 15% savings on Magenta Max and premium unlimited text, talk, and data. That's over $450 a year in savings. Want to learn more? Visit Agent Central and click on Running My Business. Then click on Car Rental slash Phone Discount Services. Follow the T-Mobile link to learn more. As always, you're welcome to pick the company that's right for you. However, we want to keep you informed about our vendor partnerships who offer you special deals and discounts that can help you run your business. Be sure to check out the vendor section each Monday in the Multiple Line News Brief. 
you know, we've talked a little bit about a lot of things, um, but you've mentioned that you kind of have an ag background and that's why your fallback kind of went back to ag after the recession and all the things that you experienced with your book of business. And I guess my question is, how do you transition the conversation, you know, when you're going in with an ag client or business client, how do you transition that into life? You know, we're talking about cross-selling and things like that, but What's some tip that you use or how you frame up the conversation to get into life from an ag or a business conversation? I just basically say, okay, now that we've reviewed your business insurance, where do you have your life insurance? Do you have a business policy for your buy-sell agreement? Do you have personal uh, life insurance for your family? Tell me about what you've done so far. Like most people, they like to talk. They will either say, you know what, we need to discuss that because I have none or I need more or what's a buy-sell agreement. It opens up a dialogue that is not an intrusion, but now that we've reviewed this, let's review that as well. As with any agent ever, (laughs) I'm sure you've come up against some concerns or hesitation to discuss life or, you know, any line of business, but specifically life. Have you ever come up against somebody who maybe was hesitant to discuss that with you or didn't want to get into that area of their business because they were more focused on other things? And how did you handle that potential rejection or or hesitancy to speak with you about it? You know, I, I had a client that had a very large business and I brought up, what about your life insurance? Do you have personal or business life insurance? And he's like, no, he says, my wife is really good looking and she can either remarry or sell the business. I'm not interested. That's one way to look at I it. I guess that's one way to look at it. I honestly shut my file and said, I don't think this relationship between you and I are going to work. Yeah. Let me refer you to another agent. And that's what I did. Yeah. It was kind of funny. She divorced him about two years after that. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. So um, in a previous conversation that we were able to have with you, you also brought up a meeting that you had had with someone in your community. And you're going to have to refresh my memory because I, I want to get the full impact of the story because after we were done talking, I, I took away the message of it and it was so good. You had someone who was continually telling you that they didn't want to talk about life insurance. So can you share that story with us? Because I I want everyone to hear it. I had a client. She's still a client to this day. Every year we would do a PIR. And every year I would bring up life insurance. I was like, do you have enough life insurance? I think we need to look at life insurance. And she finally got really mad at me and said, Kelly, if you bring up life insurance one more time, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And I looked at her and I said, her name was Lynn. I said, Lynn, if I do not ask you about life insurance every year during our PIR, I am not doing my job. So that's what you get. Well, unbeknownst to any of us, her husband, he jogged every day. He was the poster child of health, was out jogging one day and dropped over dead with a heart attack. It was horrible. And of course, I got the news immediately, called Lynn, went and saw Lynn, all of that kind of stuff. She was devastated because he'd never had a health issue, nothing. So about a month later, after the funeral and after everything, she called me and she says, can I come talk to you? And I said, sure. She came into the office and she's like, I need to apologize to you. And I said, for what? And she said, bringing up life insurance. Now that my husband is dead, I figured we had enough life insurance. But now after going through everything, we didn't have enough life insurance. I was like, well, 
let's look at what we can do. She went back to work at Chase Bank. She was a registered rep that sold variable products, which wasn't a happy story, but she was licensed and went back to work. Her two kids were in high school. They sold a property, so they made it through it, but it would have been a lot easier with life insurance. So Bruce, my manager, he knew the whole story and asked me to ask Lynn if she would come talk to our agency. And she said, absolutely. So she came and did a presentation on why it is so important to listen to your agent and buy life insurance. She turned into an advocate. Right. She did. She did. And to this day, when she's working with people, she'll call me and tell me, I'm sending this person over. They need life insurance. Can you take care of them? And I said, absolutely. Yeah, we all hope that we're going to have the good testimony. You know, that's what everybody wants, that you can have the the story that impacts people because you had such a good experience. But, you know, sometimes those testimonies of heartbreak and, and hurt are the ones that can also be the most impactful. Um, we find that on the Life Happens channel, <laughs> you know, whenever right. they're promoting that for Liam and things like that. But what a testimony and, and what a testament to who you were that you brought it up and that she felt in those moments of her struggle that she could come to you. So I think that that's really, really amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. And she's still a client today and she has life insurance. I bet she does. Yes. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. It changes perspective a lot, a lot. It does. Okay, so I think we have one more question, and it kind of um, brings it back a little bit to ag. You grew up in ag. You have experience in it. Obviously, you can walk the walk and talk the talk whenever it comes to it. But if there's an agent out there, um, a new agent or even an agent that maybe just hasn't touched it yet, who wants to get involved with agribusiness but doesn't know where to start or maybe doesn't have that history like you did where they can just get in there and talk the talk, what advice would you give them? My advice would be start small. Start with something that you like. For example, there's farmer's markets in every community. Mm -hmm. Go to your farmer's market. Introduce yourself to the growers. Tell them, hey, you know, you want to see their operation. You're new at this. And could you help me learn it a little bit? I don't know of not any, I mean, I don't know of a grower that wouldn't say, sure, that this is what we do. This is what we grow. This is what we bring to the market. So get out there, get out in the community and, and start learning through a farmer's market or a cooperative or go visit the FFA teacher at the high school, see what the kids are doing. There's just, you know, in every community, there's agriculture. Here in our little community, we have three different farmer's markets a week. We have artisan farmers, which they might have two acres of production, or we have big producers that might have 500 acres of production. Start small, get out there and, and learn about it. Get your hands dirty. I love the recommendation of the farmer's market because they're literally bringing their product to you. And farmer's markets are fun anyway, so right. <laughs> why they're, not? Right, they're fun. They're not intimidating. So if you have a new agent, go to the farmer's market. Introduce yourself. Hey, I'm a new agent. We sell agricultural products. I think that would benefit your business. I don't know a lot about your business, so you're going to have to teach me what you do. You know, and I think you're off and running then because it's non-confrontational. It's fun. Everybody wants to go to a farmer's market. Yeah, fresh wow. produce and, you know, all that fun stuff. Like, yeah. I've never thought of a farmer's market as a networking opportunity, but I, I you're really on to something there. You have this whole host of people who are a community most of the time and they know each other and they probably talk to each other. 
So what better way to build a reputation than with a group of people with like minds? Yeah. Right. When I pivoted from construction, I had a vegetable farm at the time. That was a good market for me was the growers and producers at farmers markets because they saw me as a producer and they knew I did insurance, but now they're all clients and it's a happy story, but it was a really good market to pivot to. Yeah. Bring in the product right to you there at the farmer's market. So that's awesome. And then also you've utilized your field specialists pretty regularly, correct? Correct. I, I use a field specialist. Our field specialist now is Josh. Prior to that, we had Brian Sampson. And then in between Josh and Brian, we had Scott Piercy. I do. I use them. I talk to them. Sometimes I bounce stuff off of them. Like, what do you think of this risk? Or simple things like, I need a worker's comp code and I can't find it. Right. I've never, ever had one of them say, oh, I can't help you. We have a great group. Yeah. They're an asset. So use them. Pick up the phone and call them. Well, Kelly, do you have any parting words if there's an agent out there who might be looking to getting into something else and branching out or even just a new agent that just went through their training and they're ready to hit the ground running, what would be your final parting advice to them? Don't be afraid to tell people what you do. Become the insurance specialist in your community. If they get their renewal in the mail and they're with XYZ company, they think of you. Oh, I ran into so-and-so. They're an agent. Let me take this to them and see if they can help me with it. Become the specialist in your community. Absolutely love that. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. I am certain there is a listener or two out there that's going to catch on to these words and run with it. So we appreciate your time. Oh, you bet. Anytime. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us to invest in your business. We want our program to work for you. If you have a topic you want to hear or would like to be a guest, connect with us through podcast at americannational.com.